imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining this week's episode of Lead Hership Global. And today, I am so excited to have with us Liz Kennedy, who is an on-air host. She's a beauty expert and an entrepreneur. And Liz and I are going to be talking about how to find funding for your business and become a glass ceiling smasher. This is going to be a really fun conversation with a lot of actionable input. So be sure to take notes. You know, women entrepreneurs run about 40% of all small businesses. And together, get this, they employ 7.9 million people and generate more than $1.4 trillion in sales. Needless to say, these are pretty staggering numbers. And all that success is absolutely wonderful. But there's an underlying issue that's keeping women from being even more impactful. And that's difficulty in finding funding. Women-owned businesses receive, get this, just 3% of venture capital investment money, which is highly disproportionate to their role in the economy. Additionally, loan approval rates for female entrepreneurs is more than 20% less than it is for men. Clearly, something is not right here. Access to capital is absolutely crucial for any small business's growth trajectory. And with so many capable, trustworthy businesswomen in the world, it's absolutely vital for society as a whole to ensure that they get an equal chance to do great things. And for minority women entrepreneurs, the issues are even worse. Black women own 1.5% million businesses in America that generate about $44 billion in revenue every single year. However, Black females only obtain 0.2% of venture capital investment dollars, which is mind-blowing. So with both unintentional discrimination as well as intentional discrimination, limiting the access of women entrepreneurs, it's evident that there has to be a greater push to break down these barriers and ensure equality for all races and all genders. You know, the numbers don't lie. And so joining us today to highlight female founders who are paving the way for the next generation of glass ceiling smashers and helping female founders access needed investment capital Please help me welcome Liz Kennedy. She's someone who has overcome the odds, raised funding, and is now leading an incredibly successful company. To give you a little bit of background on Liz, she's a TV host and an on-air beauty expert. She's currently the host and producer of a brand new digital series that premiered in 2019 called Inner Outer Beauty. And if you have not catched that program, Please do. It's an amazing, amazing program. In addition, Liz has been the face of Cindy Crawford's Meaningful Beauty Skincare line for QVC for quite a while and was also the host and producer of a makeover segment 
on the Steve Harvey Show. You may have also seen her on New York Live or CBS New York, maybe Chicago's Windy City and The Jam or on Amazon.com, just to name a few. She's been an on-camera skincare expert for several brands, including L'Oreal and Skin Iceland. In addition to being a TV host and an on-air beauty expert, Liz is on Citizen Cosmetics Advisory Board, and she is also a strategic joint venture partner on a new cosmetics tool that's currently in development titled P5 Pro. Additionally, Liz has launched a unique skincare tool enabling multi multiple beauty devices to be magnetically coupled together while at the same time providing improved handling and hygiene of skincare tools. I tell you, this woman is unstoppable, and I think she has her finger on the pulse of everything connected to beauty and health. We are delighted to have with us Liz Kennedy. Wow, Linda, what an intro. Oh my God, I'm so honored. You are so lovely. Thank you. Um, this is such an exciting time because, you know, for the first time in history, we have, no matter what political party you stand on, a female Black woman as a vice president. So things are changing when it comes to women being more equal, raising capital. It's such an exciting time to the point where I literally like I, I got a little teary eyed with your intro because I'm like, wow, what a time to be a woman. You know, it's um, it's really fascinating. And I, I'm just so excited because I've been waiting for a long time to get here. So very ready. Great. Thank you, Liz. Now, before we dive into how to find funding and be a glass ceiling smasher, tell us a little bit about your journey and what's led you to have such passion around entrepreneurialism and also women's entrepreneurial ventures. So I've been in the beauty business for over a decade and I really had a niche for scanning the market and seeing what's missing because I'm in beauty and because I'm on TV, I'm constantly hearing women complain about what they love or saying what they don't love. Um, so I really just was able to scan the market and see what was missing. And with that said, I would constantly sit back and be like, wow, why doesn't this exist? Or why doesn't that, you know, why are we not doing this in the market? So that's where really that entrepreneurship came out in me and where I realized, hey, if no one else is doing it, I should probably be doing it. At the time, not realizing how much work and how much stress goes into it, but it's been a journey. And if I can help any woman realize why she should start a company or how to raise capital because it is very hard. It's an honor to do so. Oh, that's great. You do have such a servant heart and we appreciate that so much. You know, one of the things we talked about in the intro to this program is that um, there's a disproportionate amount of venture capital funding that's allocated to men that are on their own entrepreneurial journey. But also, only 12% of venture capitalists are women. Uh, over two-thirds of VC firms, in fact, don't even have any female partners. So much of the responsibility for boosting diversity in startup world lies in bringing in diversity into the investment firm. I believe that there are more women making decisions about where those capital dollars go from investment firms you may see a bit more balance 
in the firms that are funded. So what can women do to overcome that bias of the fact that only 12% of venture capitalists are women right now? Well, you know, it's funny because most of these men go home and say to their wives or significant others, hey, what do you think of this? Would you buy this? So the irony is that, you know, these are the men holding the money and the power, but they always ask the women because we are typically the demographic, would you buy this? So I just, I find it, you know, hilarious, but these conversations start within our homes with, you know, our significant others, with our families or, you know, men who do have that power to make these decisions. And as time has gone by, I've seen more and more women do that. And that's what's leading men to say, hey, we should allow women to make more conversations about this and decisions about this because they're the buyers. So I have seen a shift. Um, I really think, you know, VC money is different. VC money is an insane amount of money. And when you're raising money for a startup, you're typically looking for the half a million to a million dollar range. Not all companies, of course, but especially in my world in the beauty space, you know, you tend to start smaller. Um, with that said, you know, I originally was like, well, I need VC money. I need a lot of money. I need two, three, four, five million dollars. But the truth is you probably don't. Um, it is always nicer to start with a lot because then you don't have to do a second raise. However, starting small at the half a million to a million dollars isn't the worst either. So what I always suggest to women is, hey, instead of going to VC money, because they already want you to have proof of income, proof that you're already making money. And, and most of us aren't, right? That's why we want to start a startup because it doesn't exist in the market or we're super passionate about it and we see something missing and we want to bring it. So with that said, instead of going to VC money, I think the smartest route for a female trying to raise capital is going to private money. And I'm not talking about people that just have money, right? Because when you are raising, you're like, well, who has money? The truth is you need to go to someone who understands your business. For example, I am in the beauty space and I wanted to create a multi-use skincare tool that magnetizes so that you're not losing it constantly in your drawers. And at first I was going to VC guys with crazy money who are behind brands like Glossier and just a very, very large companies. And they all said no, because they didn't understand what I was trying to do. So I realized let's redirect so I started going to plastic surgeons, dermatologists, other estheticians, women who are in the space and men who really understand it and say, you're right, that doesn't exist. And that's how I got my money. And had I known that a year earlier, I would have gone that route. That's so smart, Liz. And, and I really want to dive into the alternative uh, funding sources that, that you, um, in a really smart pivot, decided to tap into. And you're right, overcoming intentional or unintentional discrimination starts with being fearless. It starts with being resilient and fully exploring all the potential options. If VC money isn't working for you, there are other options. For instance, the Small Business Administration has very specific loan programs for women-owned businesses. There are angel investment firms and grant institutions specifically lending to females. Additionally, with the rise of fintech startups, there are a lot of new funding sources such as peer-to-peer -peer lending sites and a lot of new fintech um, 
opportunities to connect lenders with lendees. So how can women explore some of these options and decide what the best path is for them? Like you said, you know, going online and finding those resources or to be honest, again, being fearless, reaching out to people that you might think would shut you down, but they're going to be so impressed that you came to them and that they think that, you know, you are, are looking up to them and saying like you would be the decision maker. People were so impressed that I went to them directly without any relationships and were like, well, who is this girl? She obviously knows her stuff because she's coming to me. You have to be really fearless in efforts to go out there and reach out to people who don't even know you. And the worst, I always say the worst is someone will say no, and you will get a lot of no's. I got a lot of no's before I got a yes. And again, it's just reaching out to that person who really understands what you're trying to accomplish. If I'm in the beauty business, but I'm reaching out to someone who's invented foldable cups, they're not really going to care about what I do, no matter how much money they have, no matter how many relationships, you have to go to people that understand your business. Yeah, that's right. I think that networking is extremely useful in connecting entrepreneurs with those people that are um, in a position to be able to invest. And most of the time, that comes from your own network. It comes from people that you know and that you're already connected with, people that can invest in your business because they know you, they believe in your vision, they understand your product, and they understand the need that you're meeting in the marketplace. So we have to remember, though, that most investors are still men, and Silicon Valley was actually built by men. And so that actually comes in through the way that VCs even network, how they socialize, you know, late nights after events, happy hours, and events that may not feel comfortable for a lot of women to attend. So how can women break through and connect with that community of either VC lenders or other investors through networking in a way that also honors the fact that women often are juggling multiple roles? They are caretakers. They are teachers of their children. They have household responsibilities. They are wives or spouses or partners. And they have so many responsibilities that they're juggling while they're pursuing their purpose, their passion, their new venture. How can women break through and really connect with a community that will respond to them and say, I not only have the money, but I understand your business and I'm really interested in being able to support you and help you. You know, I think um, I think men are also fantastic and such valuable partners and resources. You know, some women are very like, we don't need men and we don't need this. They need us as much as we need them. So I think in order to break into any VC world or any uh, any money whatsoever, I think it's nice to have a significant other or a partner that is a male that understands you. I mean, my husband and I work so closely together and, you know, he really gets my vision and has helped me and connected me with people that respect him and and vice versa. So if you are trying to reach out to a specific man and perhaps, you know, you don't have those relationships, it's nice to have a team that is a male that, you know, it's, Because at the end of the day, men do tend to respect men more than women. And that's fine. So find your counterpart. My business partner is a man. 
my husband who helps me a lot is obviously a man. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. And it's a, it's a nice leverage to have. If you don't have that, then you're going to have to make these relationships on your own. And that is definitely not impossible. Again, you know, I'm a mother, I balance a million jobs at once, but the truth is, is like, if you want to do this, you cannot be with your baby all day. You cannot be cleaning your home all day. You do have to break things up. And there are a lot of things that I've had to sacrifice, including spending time with my child. Um, you know, that's that's something that you have to be willing to do. Yeah, women definitely have to carry more weight and more hats, but it's not impossible. And one of the things that I've really found in my networking is while I feel like I have an extraordinary network of incredible leaders that I'm connected to very personally, men and women, if there is someone that I feel like can open a door for me or maybe unlock an opportunity, if I don't know them, there's someone in my network who does. And so I've also found that asking for that help is absolutely inbounds. Going to the people that are a part of my network that are cheering me on, that want me to be successful and asking them, hey, can you make an introduction? Or do you know someone that can connect me to this person? I have never heard a no yet, not once. There has not been one time where I've asked for a connection, an introduction, or a door to be opened where my network hasn't said, absolutely, let me introduce you. So I would also offer that in terms of networking opportunities. Know the people that you're connected to and know who they are connected to, because even if that's a second or third degree uh, away from you, it's still reachable. Yeah, the world is a lot smaller than we think. And you're right. If people who are cheering you on and are like, hey, this woman is actually really smart, I'm happy to connect you. You know, it's, I mean, again, there's some people that I had no connections to and no relationships that I just reached out to myself. So it's tackling both sides. But, but regardless, you can't be nervous because if you're nervous, you're not going to get anywhere and people are going to feel it. You have to really be comfortable with knowing what you're selling and not be worried about getting a no, because if you get a no onto the next, it's, I call it, you know, it's the life numbers game out of 10 people you meet, seven are going to suck. One's going to be okay. And two are going to be fabulous. Same thing goes as when it comes to selling something. It's, it's really just a numbers game. That's right. So smart, Liz. And, you know, that brings us to this idea of mentorship in some ways. You know, all entrepreneurs need someone to look up to and to get guidance from when it comes to approaching investors or people that could give them that seed funding that they're looking for. Um, and for women, that often means walking and talking uh, to female founders and business leaders who have overcome particular obstacles that they may be facing, understanding how they broke through certain barriers, how they broke through that glass ceiling, how they connected to maybe a VC firm that is 100% men and only uh, has invested in male-owned businesses, Hel helping female mentors carve out time from their schedules to support founders and entrepreneurs is absolutely vital. So I would ask you, you know, how can female founders find valuable mentors and business leaders to help them 
either in their approach to investors or finding important connections, having doors opened, or finding alternative forms of funding? So I got very lucky in the sense that in my career, I worked as a spokesperson for so many beauty brands for women that are absolutely incredible. And they were senior to me at the time I was in my 20s. These women were in their 40s and 50s. So I was already in that space and had those women to look up to and say, hey, you know, I I need advice on this or, hey, can I pick your brain on this? And they were always willing to do so. So if you're already in that space, like I was, I was really fortunate for that. Um, otherwise, again, if there's someone that you really look up to and you're like, I would love for you to be my mentor, chances are they're not going to say no because they're going to be so honored and so grateful to pay it forward. Like I always say the only reason that we really truly want to be severely successful is to help others. I mean, that's everyone I've spoken to that, you know, has done really well is like, well, I'm, I'm here now it's time to give back. So don't be nervous to reach out. That's literally, I can't repeat it enough. Like you cannot be nervous to reach out because you'd be surprised at how many people are truly honored that you even do that because people don't really have the courage to do that anymore. Yeah, that's right. And being fearless and being resilient as you noted in your own personal story, I think are two of the most critical ingredients to being successful, for sure. And you also noted at the very beginning of the hour that in spite of all the obstacles that women entrepreneurs face, there has literally never been a better time in U.S. history to be a woman entrepreneur. The number of women-owned firms has grown 68% since 2007, and that's much higher than national average of 47%. So how can women forge their own path and find access to capital to fuel their success, Liz? What would be the the top three recommendations that you would make for women right now? I would say know your strengths. Um, If numbers is not your thing, but you have a great idea, find someone that's a female or a male that can help you build out a deck, that can help you get those projections numbers are not my thing. I'm good at creating products, uh, manufacturing them, selling them on TV and explaining how to use something, but numbers aren't my thing. Know your strengths and get someone to help you that has that strength and that they don't have what you have, which is perhaps the face, the explaining part down. You you need to have someone to help you with that. Um, Next, reach out to people that you know, trust and believe in you that have money Perhaps they are in your industry, perhaps they're not, but start getting advice from them on who you can reach out to in terms of that network. And number three, be honest. People that are looking to invest in companies are so sick of BSers. They're so sick of hearing, this is the best thing ever. This is going to be the next thing. They really want to know. No, no, no. Does what else, who else is competing against you? Why are you different? Do not try to lie. Do not fake who you are. Do not pretend to know anything you don't know because it'll only hurt you in the long run because then they won't end up trusting you. So that is literally the worst thing you could do. That's definitely my three, uh, three topics on the best advice for raising. That is so smart, Liz. All right. I feel a little greedy here asking for one more piece of guidance from you because you've offered such incredible wisdom and guidance and input already. But 
you know, through your career, because you have done so many different kinds of things, I'm sure that along the way you've received great leadership guidance, great leadership advice. So boiling all that down, what has been for you the most pivotal and important piece of leadership advice that you've received in your career that has really paid off for you that you'd like to share with our audience? You know, I want to say that I've received so much leadership advice, but I've been on my own since I was 18. So I've done everything by myself. I've had women that I've had access to who are fabulous, who have really helped me when I've asked for help, but um, I've done everything by myself. So I haven't really had leadership advice per se. Um, My advice to women is there's going to be a lot of men that say, you don't know what you're doing. You talk too much. You're too pretty. You're too ugly. You're too stupid. You're not educated enough. You're too educated. You're too snotty. You're too, you have too much cleavage. People will come up with a million reasons to not invest in you. I've heard the craziest, craziest things um, from everything from too educated to not educated enough to too pretty to too ugly. I mean, you name it. And I, I've been told it is a numbers game. You have to keep going because people will say no, but there's going to be that one person that really does understand if there's something that's missing, why it needs to be fixed. If you are out there just trying to raise capital for something meaningless because you're bored, don't do it because it's so much money and so much time. If you want to do a passion project, get on the board of a company become involved in another one where you can add, you know, value. However, if you're trying to do something on your own and you really believe that it's missing from the market and it could add value to another human being's life, just don't give up. Don't give up. I took me from concept, literally drawing it out on a piece of paper to engineering it, to raising the money, to partnering with someone to take a global four years total. (laughs) I was expecting it to be like a year and a half process. I was so naive and so uneducated about the whole process. It takes a long time. If you are not prepared to give up four years just to start it, just to start it, not even launch it, not even have a full running business, don't do it. That's my, that's my advice. Don't do it unless you're super passionate and you really know it's missing or that people are going to love it. Yeah, that's so smart. And I think that's true of everything. You have to be confident. As we've said in the podcast previously, you know, competence is only half the equation. You have to be good at whatever it is that you are doing on this planet, but you also have to be confident in your ability to create change. You have to be confident in your ability to be successful, whatever your mission is, whatever your passion is, whatever your purpose is defining that vision and then being confident that you can actually actualize that vision, that purpose, that mission, that is the other half of the equation that's often missing. So I love that you spoke about that, Liz. And I appreciate so much the time that you took to be with us today, because I know everything you're juggling. I personally (laughs) am very aware of everything that you're doing. And honestly, I don't know how you sleep. I don't know how you carve out the time to even (laughs) sleep right now. But thank you so much for being willing to be on the program. And we are so grateful. Thank you. Thank you, you, Linda. I appreciate your time. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining Leadership Global, a podcast for and about unstoppable women stepping into courage, claiming their power, and embracing bold leadership. Join us each week as we talk to a collection of inspirational women changing the world and tackling the most pressing issues we're facing today as women and as leaders. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.